0: Sunday, February 6th, marks the International Day of Zero Tolerance for Female Genital Mutilation. My name is Maysa Adhani, and I'm the Managing Director and Legal and Judicial Director at the Tahrir Institute for Middle East Policy. Today, I'm joined by my colleague, non-resident fellow Habiba Abdelal, whose work focuses on sexual and gender-based violence in Egypt. A 2014 survey found that 92% of ever-married women ages 15 to 49 in Egypt had undergone FGM. However, there has been a noticeable decline among younger women, with rates among girls ages 15 to 19 dropping from 97% in 1985 to 70% in 2015. Habiba, can you tell us a bit about the education, legal, and other steps that Egyptian authorities have taken in the last decade, and particularly in more recent years, to address FGM?
1: Thank you, May, for your question. The Egyptian government honestly has constantly been reacting more than acting. The government has amended the FGM law three times. It's always an easy way for the government to issue regulations and harsher penalties than enforcing them and making sure it's really working. It started in 2015. 2008, when the state responded to the death of an eight-year-old kid out of an FGM crime. Lawmakers in Egypt federally discussed the First Amendment of criminalizing FGM. Then it happened again in 2016, and finally in 2020 2021. The government made much progress to the amendment that was in 2021. However, they still have the part that allows it for medical reasons, which there are no medical reasons that require this horrible crime. The government, the government have been working with the support from the UNICEF and under the guidance of the National Council for Women. Yeah. And since 2016, the group has created campaigns that praise awareness of the danger of FGM. One such project was the Budurman's radio campaign and knocking doors in June 2019. While those campaigns had some successes, there have been many questions about their effectiveness and whether they considered the root causes of this crime in the Egyptian
0: society. Thank you, Habiba. So, civil society has also been critical in addressing FGM. What role have they played and what has been the impact of this work? For
1: decades, civil society organizations have been researching lobbying and doing advocacy work fighting FGM. We have a lot of organizations, uh, for example, Tadwin and the Egyptian Initiative for Personal Rights that started campaigning against FGM. Also, uh, in 2020, uh, Randa Fakhreddine, the union again against harmful practices on women and children NGO, the, the head of the the. This NGO led a group of doctors to campaign against the practice during this campaign known as White Shirts. The doctors hang up signs that read no to FGM and FGM is a crime in the metro station and they had conversations with, with citizens about how dangerous this crime can be. Also in Upper Egypt, in Enas, Waheg, and Oseud, there have been a lot of work from non-prof, local nonprofits that worked with the National Council for Women, campaigning and raising awareness
0: about the crime in underprivileged areas in Egypt. So as we look to the rest of 2022 and beyond, what would you like to see the Egyptian authorities prioritizing and doing in response to FGM?
1: I believe the government needs to reassess what they have been doing since 2008, and they need to evaluate their, their methods and reshape the whole intervention work. Also, they need to include men, and we all need to include men in the conversation and hold them responsible and accountable for the crime. The conversation that FGM is a woman's problem is really problematic and it has not it hasn't been a practical or an effective approach since we started working, fighting FGM. Uh, I think also we need to work on producing knowledge and the government needs to allow civil society organizations to work freely to do research work and collect actual data that will be helpful for them and for the government to reassess the job that has been done and decide what's effective, what has been effective and what's not.
0: Thank you, Habiba, for those very practical recommendations. It's clear to me that there's much work to be done in addressing the root causes of FGM, that civil society has really led the way, and that while the government has had some successes, there's room to really evaluate what's working and what isn't. I appreciate your insights. I appreciate the work that civil society has led on the ground, and they've really provided a lot of practical recommendations. I encourage the audience to engage with that work and read further. And thank you, Habiba, for your time and effort. Thank you, Mai.